The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 266. Today's date is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. We are live on YouTube and over on Facebook as always. If you're out there in the live chat, we don't know that you're out there unless you do say something. So go ahead and say it. Uh, if you're new to the channel, new to the show, well, welcome to the dark side. We try not to make you any dumber. But we know we're not going to make you any smarter. It is what it is. If you want to call or text into the show, yes, you can call or text in. Utilize the go. Actually, you know what? We're not going to do that tonight because I don't have the phone set up because my laptop is going. So you're not going to be able to call or text into the show. Sorry, it is what it is. Typically, you can, but not tonight. Uh, a Marine's running the board, so it is what it is. If you are a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you are a veteran out there and uh, you're in that, you're in the hole, you're in the darkness looking for the light. Call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you any medical advice, but I might be a pretty decent ear to listen to. So um, remember two things if you're going through that fight. One, you have a lot of brothers and sisters out here, so you are not alone in this fight at all. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, utilize a ghost tactical. I mean, utilize a veteran crisis hotline. I've been thrown for a loop, guys. The veteran crisis hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, one 800 273-8255, the Veteran Crisis Hotline, or from your cell phone, dial 988. We are spotlighting, as always, United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title United States Marine, see the website, marines.com. And as always, we're a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Go check out all your favorite pro-gun, pro-2A podcasts over at selfdefenseradio.net. I'm going to exit the solo and bring in our guests and we've got uh, as always you guys know he's kind of the quasi co-host at this point but uh from the great state of texas the tactical virus i mean uh leprechaun we'll go with leprechaun what's up clove how you doing hey man i got the power for real tonight you do I'm and anxious. i'm running for my phone the laptop's going all weird so i don't really know i'm running for my phone i hope everything sounds okay Hope it looks okay. More importantly, I'm not the one we need to be hearing. So we got some guys uh, from Anderson out there. We got Kyle and True. What's going on, guys? How are y'all doing? Hey, doing good, Trey. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, man. It's just one of those. I wish. Um, <laughs> I wish it was better technical things right now. It's it's going to work out fine, especially in the podcast form. It's going to work out great. Uh, it's just for me now. I'm working off of a phone instead of screens and all of that and um so yeah one of those things that just happens and i don't know why it happens but it happens on tuesday night for some reason so we're gonna roll with it uh and all that but before we guys we jump in with these guys um clove uh give us a shotgun of the week my man so how about one that was a prototype for uh eh, the word on the street anyway prototype for navy seals Back in NOM, and that would be the Remington 7188, a full auto version of the 1100. 
interesting. Talk about FUD meets tactical. That's that's it, buddy. You know, I've only the only full auto shotgun I saw. What was that one that they had at Shot Show Range Day a few years back? A twelve. That's the only one. That thing was pretty awesome. Uh, Truman, Kyle, have you guys ever been around a full auto shotgun before? I've never shot one, but I mean, who's not a fan of the A12? I mean, it's a classic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they. Uh, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty cool. Uh, but that a full auto, full auto shotgun could could do some damage. I'm, I'm in on that one. Um, we're going to rush through these real quick, but you guys know that every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday over on our YouTube community tab, we do our ghost tactical polls. And so we're going to run through a couple of them right now. Uh, the first one's a couple days ago. It's got 541 votes. I guess you guys didn't like the question. It's okay. It happens. Travel question. For some of us, we're going, uh, some people are going to Wanamaker this weekend, like Clover and I are going to go to Tulsa for the Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show, uh, the largest gun show in the world. Uh, and then some people are traveling to USCCA. So uh, we, we kind of did this for a travel question. And I want to bring in Kyle and Truman and Clover. What's the distance you have to travel to set your GPS, even if it's a familiar trip? Like, do you have that if it's a one mile, 50 mile, uh, anytime you travel, 100 miles? What is what is that distance that you're going to sit there and, and, and set that GPS, whether you know where you're going or not? I'll go first. Yeah. I set my GPS everywhere I go. Okay. Uh, unless it's like, you know, my mom's house or something like that. I got down to a T. I'm a GPS guy. I always plug it in. I hear you. Uh, Truman, how far do you have to go before you start setting that GPS up? I don't know. Any Probably anything more than like half an hour away. Uh, mostly for traffic. Not yeah. necessarily to get there for traffic, speed traps, stuff like that. I mean, that's... trying to find that alternate route sometimes, that faster route. Yeah. I hear you. Clove, uh, do you live with a GPS on or no? Man, I hate GPS. <laughs> um, here's the thing. So, yeah, I, I, I research my route to the max before I ever go anywhere. And I'm one of them people that. I know the general way, like after going one time, I know the general way. Yeah, I may screw up, take a wrong exit. I have to get back on or some weird something. I mean, it happens, right? Uh, my wife uses a GPS, and we travel together most of the time. So the GPS is on most of the time. She would use it to right. go down to the end of the driveway. Um, but I've gotten lost with the GPS more than I've found where I needed to go. It, it always goes some weird way, gets me lost. And especially if we're going through Dallas, Fort Worth, for whatever, the GPS wants, it wants to put you in the middle of traffic. And you're like, I'm not going that way. I know full well in Dallas, Fort Worth, that is a traffic jam. I know it's that way. Yeah. I'm not going that direction. And so I like to go my own way, I guess. You like to go your own way. That does not surprise me. Me, well, yeah, um, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, to riff on uh, who was that Fleetwood Mac there. But yeah, I want to want to go my own way. There you go. Um, no, I get it. Uh, what we're gonna do real quick is go with this one because it's kind of a gun question. Everyone always we have this one's got 1.8 thousand votes. Was put out yesterday. Best gun for self or home defense. Now we're not talking like brand or anything. Your choices in the poll are semi-auto pistol, AR-15, revolver, shotgun, or a PCC. Uh, 
Truman, Kyle, which one which one of those would you choose for the best like self home defense weapon? Honestly, right off the bat, uh, for me, it's no contest. It's what I got next to my bed, AR-15, something a little shorter. Got Maybe a pistol or an SBR or something like yeah. that. Got yeah. an 11 and a half pistol with a, um, uh, it's got a dead air silencer on the end of it. Uh, I mean, it's not going to, it, it'll tumble. It won't go through your drywall as much as a nine mil will. That's, you got 30 rounds right with you. For me, no contest, AR-15. Uh, Kyle, what about you? answer, but I'm gonna go with the AR as well. Right next to the bed. <laughs> I'm trying to bring this to see if this works or not. Uh, AR right next to the bed. Um, Clover, what about you? You're gonna probably do some footish, aren't you? Come on, you're gonna man. go. You're gonna go with the crossbow. The Let's be honest. You're you're pulling out the crossbow, aren't you? Well, you know, I, you know the you cannon. Shockwave with one of those chainsaw grips on it. The cannon. Ooh, um, now, that would be pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. That would yeah. be sick. And I think you know when I think for everybody has to make their own decision on that, right? Best for their situation. I think if most people were being honest, um, a shotgun is probably the cheapest, easiest. It's the cheapest for ammo, it's the cheapest to buy overall. It's probably the easiest learning curve. Um, and I don't say that for, well, okay, yes, I say that because of the FUD in me, no doubt. Uh, but I say it for a lot of other reasons, too, I think. Yeah, for the longest time, I, I, I would go, and we, we can, this, this debate and all of that, um, you know, for the longest time, I, I ran a pistol, but not have an AR pistol. Um, I've been running for the past probably year or two uh, a little nine millimeter ace, uh, PCC from uh, Foxtrot Mike. I love that little thing. Uh, you can run like a thirty round Glock mag in it, so you have that. Um, but it's it's a five and a half inch little barrel PCC. You know, I, I run a lot of CQB with it, so I'm very comfortable with that inside of a home and all of that. And I really, 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 I, th I think the next thing I probably will do is probably go ahead and, and try to get. Um, a little form four and get like a, a, a silencer or a suppressor to put on that. I think that'd be pretty badass to have um, for the house. But uh, but yeah, no, that's that's kind of what I'm running. And I used to run uh, a pistol because I always wanted to make sure I had a free hand. I could always run that pistol, you know, one handed. But with the PCC or AR, you know, you can sling it up or basically whatever. You can sling it up if you need to use your hands and all that. And I, I think that the PCC for me has come into be a perfect little truck gun, home defense gun, and all of that. So an AR pistol slash PCC, um, I, th I think that the, that's, those are the two areas that I go to now. Um, so, yeah. As far as the poll goes, 1.8 thousand votes. Uh, surprising. Really? I mean, not really, because I know this is a, a big thing. 36% uh, of the crowd went with shotgun. With I'm so uh, happy. And, and, and I get that. I'm I get so happy. Uh, I, I know that you're jumping with joy right now, Chloe. Uh, King Fudd is loving that answer. Uh, um, 29% with semi auto pistol, 25% with AR 15, 6% went with a PCC, and 3% went with a revolver. There's arguments for the revolver because very rarely are you going to have to worry about a malfunction with a revolver. So in that exact time that you need a gun to work, 
the revolver might be the most safe bet, but you're also talking uh, restrictions with with uh, how many you can hold in, inside that cylinder and all that. Now, if you're Jerry Mikulik, then you can reload that um, strip clip pretty quickly. But uh, but no, um, I, I understand where people come from the revolver because it is for the most part, you, you got six shots. You might find one that's got six, seven, eight. Sometimes they go four or five, depending on the caliber. But I, I do understand that. I'm a little surprised that PCC only got 6%. I thought there'd be a lot more PCC love because PCC's guys, I mean, we all know the PCC's have kind of like, I'm not saying they've ruled the world, but they have definitely the last couple of years hit their stride for sure. And I know, I'm sure you guys sell, I mean, how many lowers do you guys produce that could take Glock mags or whatever, you know? Yeah. Quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure there's even to... more people who are taking their, you know, putting receiver blocks and regular ones and stuff. And Well, and now you've got uh, people like Mean Arms, our good friends over at Mean Arms, they have the Endomag that you can yeah. run a, a 223 lower with the Endomag and still run 9mm, just slap a 9mm upper on that 223 lower and, and you can still run it. So, uh, there's there's a lot of those different companies that are trying to do that to where um, it's making it easier for the consumer, I guess, and, and all of that. Um, Clove, before we jump into the, the interview and all that, do you have anything that you want to bring up out in chat? Was that it? How many polls did you have? Just two? I only had two this week. Um, oh, I was I was gone everybody. Saturday for a, a charity event, and I didn't get one put up on Saturday. So it is I would Thursday, Monday. You know, it's like I said, and I think that poll reflects it. I mean, you had what, like 35, 28, 25? Or, 36, of 29, close, 25 right? were the top three, yeah. Yeah, I think that speaks to, like, what do people have? Like, you know, I'm trying to think of, of, of PCCs, right? If you call a Ruger, well, Ruger 44 a PCC, I mean, technically, I guess it is, right? But I'm not going to use that for home defense. Um, I may deer hunt with it occasionally, but I'm not going to use that for home defense. Um and then probably not going to use my high point or my Keltec, but you know, that's, I don't own anything. I don't own an AR based, you know, PCC. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people want shotguns. So, you know, it's, it's a no brainer for them in that respect. And then when you're talking about ARs, I think a lot of, you know, that's the most popular rifle in the country, to be honest about it. Yeah. And so a lot of people are going to go to that. It's just what they have available and what they feel comfortable with. So, and I think the poll kind of reflects that. Yeah, I do too. Um, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to bring in Kyle and Truman. Now, Kyle and Truman with Anderson Manufacturing. Everyone knows Anderson. Um, they've been in the AR game for a long, long time. Um, I would be willing to bet that the vast majority of everybody out there watching or listening to podcasts has got an Anderson product at home. Whether you know it or not, you very well probably have an Anderson product at home. And all of that. So what I want to do real quick is first, thank you, uh, Kyle and Truman, for coming on. Now, Truman is the uh, – you're an engineer. What – are you mechanical? What what type of engineer with the company are you, Truman? So I guess my, my background is manufacturing engineering. Okay. Um, I transferred – I recently kind of moved into more of a product management role. Uh, so they call me a product engineer because I'm kind of halfway between – I still help with some of the stuff as far as the uh, production stuff goes, but most of my time goes towards uh, figuring out new products, helping with release dates, those kinds of things. Right. 
And and Kyle, uh, can I give everybody a, a piece of background for uh, of you? I know I know you're a jarhead, so we've got that in common. So you're already in good graces with me. First of all, uh, uh, an early happy birthday, my brother. Uh, but can I give people a little background on, on on what you're what you do there at the company and and what your background is a little bit as well? All right, I've been here uh, going on three years now. Um, I started off in gun assembly, um, so cranking out 300, 400 ARs every night. Uh, I was a second shift guy. Uh, moved from assembly to machining. Um, did some CNC machining uh, for a little bit, mainly lowers. Um, worked that for a few months, and they needed help on first shift back in the assembly area, so I bounced back to assembly from machining. And uh, all this time, I'm going to school for journalism. I finally earned oh. my degree, and one day, Jeremy, our uh, vice president of sales, came down and was like, we heard you got your degree. Uh, do you know anything about marketing? I was like, no. And he's like, do you I know? I took a marketing to class second semester, sophomore year. <laughs> yeah, your, your basic foundation stuff, yeah. Uh, but he's like, you know what? We need a content creator. Are you familiar with Adobe? Can can you make some cool stuff for us? Do some videos? And I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a dream job. So here I am. I'm, I'm the content creator here at Anderson. And uh, like I said, just graduated. So still learning the ropes. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully be putting out some good stuff for Anderson. So... You know, it's interesting that I'm sure there's going to be some people out there that hear what you said just then and and saying that you're the content creator for Anderson. And a lot of people out there in the chat that may not be part of the community or part of the industry or in, in media or anything like that may not understand what that means. And so uh, we're talking Instagram posts, Facebook, any videos, in-house videos that you guys run that pretty much falls on your desk, correct? That's correct. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the recent launch of the Kyger, that was a, a lot. <laughs> so um, I, I obviously that's the elephant in the room. We're going to talk about that. Um, real quick before we do that, can you guys talk a little bit about the history of Anderson and uh, maybe where you're located at? Well, there you go. Uh, where you're located at, maybe the history of when you guys started. And uh, kind of give a little bit of background on the products in general, what you guys are working on mostly. Yeah, sure, I can take that. So uh, Anderson Manufacturing started as a tool and die shop back in the 50s. Uh, I didn't know that. Mainly. Yeah, so uh, it's been around for a while. Uh, didn't get into guns until about 2008 when they got a kind of a contract out of the blue for a certain very popular gun manufacturer uh that i won't say necessarily but uh right you know they got a lot of good military contracts and that kind of got us our start that company went out of business or sorry didn't go out of business they declared bankruptcy and kind of left us bag holding ah uh, and they figured out hey we can make these for ourselves so it's just kind of started there and it was still a tool and die shop for the longest time but as the Kind of the especially the lower and upper market just started getting so popular especially around 2008 i mean that's when i built my first ar i feel like that's when a lot of people kind of really started getting into it and so that just kind of took off and started taking over more and more in the business to the point where the tool and die kind of went away and we just kind of been 
going since then, expanded a lot. We've got a brand new building that we're in right now. Uh, do brought a ton of our manufacturing in-house. Few people were one of the few people who actually make our own barrels and bolt carriers and you know a lot of those small pieces that we sell to everybody else. <laughs> um, and just got to the point where we are now here in 2022 and uh, just really trying to flesh out our product lines now and do stuff like that. But it's been a ride. You know, it's one of those things, I'm not going to put you on the spot necessarily, but you guys are, are gun guys also. You're not just working for a gun company, but you're gun guys also. Uh, but I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit. We had a discussion a couple of weeks ago uh, with the person that's kind of newer to firearms and the whole discussion on for your first AR, build versus buy. So I'm not going to ask you what you guys think, because that's unfair, but I'll say this. For you guys, do you remember, did you build your first AR or did you buy your first AR and learn the ins and outs of it? Uh, so for me, I actually built my first, but build okay. is a pretty uh, loose <laughs> term. I mean, I bought a complete, I'm not going to lie, I bought a complete Palmetto State Armory upper, uh, stripped lower, and put the lower together. Uh, first time I did well, it. Well, that's the hardest part to begin with. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. If you put the lower together, you're fine. Yeah, I put the hammer spring in backwards, though. <laughs> I feel like that's a classic first-timer. Did you lose yeah. it? How many springs did you lose the first time? None. I, I, I was on a white carpet, and a couple of them wow. were shot into the ceiling, but I got them all back. Aren't you glad you were on a white carpet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that, was, that was my start, personally, back in, what was that, like 2010-ish? Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean the the upper is where you know a lot of stuff's going on, so that's kind of like a half built, half bought situation for me, I guess. Yeah, uh, Kyle, what about you? Do you remember about your first one? It was at Paris Island, South Carolina. Oh snap! <laughs> first experience ever with a gun, at all. I was yep. like, hey, I'm gonna join the Marine Corps. I know nothing about guns. Let's go. <laughs> I had shot a 22 a few times in my like a summer camp or a buddy had one on his ranch. We were shooting at cans or a snake or something. Uh, I probably had literally pulled a trigger 10, 20 times in my life on a 22. And I'm sure it was a Ruger 10, 22. No, I mean, probably, you know. Um, but yeah, the first time I really shot anything was in the Marine Corps. And uh, kind of, I, I had, I'm sure you had, to, I had that aha. I'm like, oh. Oh snap! Like, yes, I like that, it, you know. That's when the passion started, right there. Yeah. Um, my first personal, though, I bought a complete. It was a Bushmaster XM15. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, my I, I bought my uh, first few actually. Um, so it is what it is, and I'm a big fan of the NMP Sport. So I, I kind of uh, got, had several of those because I thought that they were. Uh, they reminded me of, uh, sounds weird, but it reminded me of the old Colt M16A2 that I used back in the 90s. Um, I couldn't necessarily afford a Colt. I could afford Smith & Wesson, so it, it, it was one of those things that was like, okay, uh, I still got one of them right there. It's kind of my, it's now it's my go-to. That's kind of got it. I, I think the only thing that's in there that's actually Smith & Wesson is probably the shell, let's be honest. <laughs> I think everything over the years have been in and out and all of that. Um, Wes out there, a buddy of ours from Oklahoma, he says our uh, his first two lowers were Andersons. I think, that honestly, if I had to, like I said, I'm not going to assume a lot. 
whether it was your first or not, I th- I'd say the vast majority of people probably have an Anderson Lower, whether or not they know it or not. Uh, but I would be a little bit, a lot of people whose first builds are probably off of Anderson. Um, how, I, I think it's pretty obvious, but obviously you guys have a pretty decent relationship with, with Palmetto State Armory. Um, and a lot of people go to PSA to get a lot of their first build parts. Um, how much has that relationship really helped you guys? I mean, it's a, they're definitely a competitor. Like uh, they, they're similar to us in the fact that they make a lot of their own stuff too. So we, uh, it's all good for the industry though. I mean, the more people that have ARs, most people tend to buy one and then buy another and then buy yeah. another. You know, it's honestly the Aero, uh, Palmetto, you know, obviously your Andersons, all those. I mean, it gets people into it. So, you know, I, I've picked up several Andersons from the PSA website, so yeah. uh, that's that's nice to know. And and and, um, and it's great. I, I I think that prices are a little bit high. They're higher right now, but they're definitely not high. And I think that the, a lot of people are starting to value the idea of having that AR. That may not have. They might have been guns. They might have had a couple pistols or revolvers. But I think the AR game, especially in the last probably five six years, has really kind of blown up to where everyone and their mother now has an, a, a, a build kit or an AR in their lineup and all that. So I'm assuming that the component side of it with the, the lowers that you guys have are always going to be in high demand. Cause like you said, once most people kind of get their first one, two or three and they realize, well, I can build a custom one, how I want it from the get go. And all I got to do is get the parts. Then uh, that's the way to go. Um, Clover, I know you got some stuff. I, I can't see a whole lot in the chat because my phone. I know you've been highlighting some stuff. You got any questions or comments before we dive into this real quick? Yeah, there's not any questions out there. Just some folks, you know, showing some love. You know, I got something just dawned on me. I was looking at the banner there behind them, looking at the poverty pony up there. And I'm thinking, the you know, I've got pony. one of my favorite rifles is my XM177 copy, right? Oh, yeah. And it is on a competitor's lower, and considering that's a Colt copy, right? A copy of a Colt XM177, I need an Anderson lower for that. So uh, it would just look better. You know what I mean? Having a, cool. having a pony on there. Yeah, ponies for ponies, man. Because right I now agree. it doesn't have a pony. I'm not going to say what it has, but it doesn't have a pony. <laughs> uh, and so I know that's a superficial thing to think I need to swap a lower because of, you know, some engraving. But, um yeah, now I'm just dead set on getting that done. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna build something out there, wouldn't it be awesome to have an Anderson pony lower with the Colt upper? I mean, wouldn't that just be like if you're a horse guy, that's the way to go, isn't it? Uh, double tap zero out there. Double tap pro out there says I need an Anderson for my lower for my Scar Seventeen. There you go. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna go, go. You know. <laughs> Hey, shout out to Double Tap. I know that guy. Good guy. Uh, Double Tap. G23, G23 did have a question up here oh, earlier. Okay. Go ahead. And I started, so my apologies, G23. I did start that. Um, he says, are they going to make uh, the pistols uh, in a real caliber or just 9mm? So I'm going to preface this by saying this guy is a 40, uh, 40 Smith & Wesson fan for life. Like and, he's and we do hold it against for him. Life guy. And we do hold it against him. We, oh, absolutely we do. Yeah. 
It's okay. This is America. People can be wrong. <laughs> that's, right, that's what I right. keep saying. Like everyone's, right. it's, it's you're allowed to have a bad, a bad take on something. It's okay. See, I'm actually a 10 millimeter guy, so uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, and I, I, I applaud you for that. Well done. Yeah, but, you're in uh, the mix of a 10 millimeter fan club in, in this room, so yeah, we're good. I always tell people the only good thing about Forty Smith is he can be converted to three fifty seven SIG. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so let's jump in. Obviously, the elephant in the room is is the Kyger, and you guys. Um, I'm not going to lie; I had no idea this was coming. I don't know if that was planned or not, but I didn't hear about it until like maybe a couple days. I was like, "What in the hell?" I hear this stuff. Um, is it was that planned? But Tell me real quick, uh, well, first and foremost, explain everybody the Kyger, uh, the 9C. Um, it's out there. There's videos out there. But explain to everybody uh, the gun real quick, especially Truman. You need to have some of the ins and outs of the mechanical side of it. Uh, to me, it looks like, uh, which is my favorite gen, a Gen 3 Glock. Um, I love that. Uh, I don't know if that's how it was supposed to look. But to me, just looking at it first offhand, it was like a Gen 3 Glock. But uh, I'm I love that. But can I go a little bit about the Kyger real quick? So I guess, you know, the Kyger 9C is to uh, Gen 3 Glock 19, like a M16 is to an AM15. You know, it is. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a Gen 3 Glock 19 that has a lot of the upgrades that people have been asking for for a long time you know you get yeah. your front serrations you got that undercut on the trigger guard mm -hmm. uh, some more aggressive texturing uh but the thing about our the kiger that we really wanted to lean into because it's the same customers that go and buy an anderson lower or a even a full anderson rifle uh our guys like customizing stuff you know uh yep. our customers like customizing stuff our employees like customizing stuff so we wanted a platform that was going to start with something good something with an enormous aftermarket. I mean, you don't, oh, we don't yeah. have to reinvent the wheel here, you know? Uh, there's everybody and their grandma makes stuff for the Glock 19. So we wanted to take an already proved out platform and offer something that's got some of those upgrades that most people want right mm -hmm. out of the box, uh, but can also be compatible with 100% uh, of, uh, you know, the aftermarket for the, the enormous aftermarket for the Glock 19. So as opposed to like, uh, let's, let's say like the Palmetto Dagger or something like that. Mm -hmm. Sure. We have Glock locking blocks or Glock compatible. Sorry, not, we don't buy them from Glock, but uh, it is completely interchangeable. I mean, top nice. to bottom. And, and I think that means a lot to a lot of people. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Glock fan because of what they are um, and what they represent is they're going to run. Um, and what I love about Glock is you can literally disassemble 10 of them, mix and match the parts, throw them back together, and all 10 of them are going to run. And, and I love that. I, I do appreciate the fact that you have taken um, a base model of, of a great gun, but made it a little bit better right off the bat, whether it's trigger. And I have heard uh, from friends of mine that have gotten it or got it uh, ahead of time and all that, put the first videos out. From my understanding, the trigger is pretty damn good. So can I, can I go into the idea of, of the trigger? Because that's really what most people like about new guns is they ask the first thing, it's how's the trigger? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the trigger, it's nothing. Uh, the, the one thing that we wanted to maintain with the trigger on the Kyger 
is we didn't want to compromise any kind of, I guess, the safety of the original design, the durability of the original design. So it's a completely uh, factory style trigger just with some uh, improved coatings and a little okay. bit of extra deburring. It's why it feels a lot more crisp out of the factory. And I'll tell you what, out of some of our test guns, I personally have, <laughs> I personally have probably 8,000 or more rounds on a couple of these things when we were doing the testing originally. Me and some of the other engineers did it, all the testing personally. That's a, that's a tough life, man. It's a tough gig. Tough gig. Yeah, it's, everybody thinks <laughs> it's really super duper fun uh, when you're doing a couple hundred rounds, but you're in day four and you're on round, you know, 9,000. It gets a little rough. <laughs> Your hands get beat up and <laughs> it was hot out there dude. yeah and it was middle of the summer and you know oh man but um the uh i'll tell you what the trigger breaks in even better it's good when it comes out of the box mm -hmm. but you get a couple thousand rounds in and it is just butter i i don't think i mean obviously people got their preferences they can change to a timney or change to any of the other you know apex any of the other uh, Glock available triggers or whatever, but the just the factory one, just shoot it, and it just breaks in so nicely. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we move on, mandatory care out there. This is a $6 Super Chat. Thank you, brother. Uh, we do not encourage, nor do we uh, ask for them, but uh, all Super Chats, we send that money um, to uh, a couple different charities that send care packages to our, our guys and gals downrange. So uh, especially this time of year, we started this a couple of years ago, uh, about this time to start sending care packages over. Uh, I've been I've been downrange during holiday seasons and it sucks. And sometimes getting something, even if it's just Rice Krispie treats and some beef jerky or whatever, it means a lot. Uh, so I don't like I said, I'm not asking for anyone, but thank you, mandatory care. I appreciate that very much, sir. Uh, bring Kyle in real quick. And as far as well, real quick, we did have a question. G23 wanted to know. Obviously, uh, the, the question out there, we'll take Glock mags. Yeah. So I figured, figured I'd go ahead and get that on the record because uh, in case people are listening to this podcast, they wouldn't maybe understand and all that. But uh, I figured that would probably be the case. Uh, bring Kyle in. As far as the marketing of this, um, <laughs> I know you said the buildup to it's been pretty fun and long and all that, getting the graphics and all of that stuff. But um we talked we, we we talked uh via email i think the day that it released for the first time and i'm sure this last week or two has been absolutely nuts um from the content side of things can you explain to our our, our guests out there and our viewers and listeners what it takes for a company to release from a content side like did you have to do instructional videos and, and all the different graphics how long before the actual release date were you guys were in, in the content side, the marketing side, been working on this gun? Seven months, eight months, yeah, probably probably wow. eight months. To so take basically, it. Said maybe since shot or so, or just after shot. Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, so the idea of the Kiger, um, obviously, there is a huge market. There is a lot of people that want a great gun. Uh, that won't break the bank, especially a lot of new gun owners out there that uh, want to get into it but don't want to spend $1,200 on their first gun that fills that need. How did Anderson – you guys have been so successful in so many different ventures. 
how and why did the pistol game like how long ago was this an idea and how long ago did it take to get this whole thing done but also explain the whole process of why the pistol game so uh this actually the the whole concept of a pistol has been going on for just years and years and years um specifically a like a glock clone if you will sure um, that kind of started a couple years back uh we were looking at a lot of options we uh as a lot of people know we uh we're partnership with sct for that frame uh, we did a lot of development with them, helping them work out some initial issues that they had, uh, strengthening up here and there. Our, uh, me and a couple of other guys in engineering, especially Lance, really uh, helped out as far, or really did you know a lot of the legwork as far as working out kinks, this, that. But I mean, that's our actual like engineering on it. That started, geez, um, mid last year. Okay. It's been it's been a bit, but it's again like i said before it's just it's a perfect match for our brand you're yeah. trying to branch out a little bit there's some other projects brewing as well kind of branch us away from ar-15s so just a little really yeah we've we, i mean we've got a lot you know kind of in conceptual stages but there's some stuff that's coming sooner than you might think um uh -oh. i won't go any further than that but <laughs> no i understand i understand uh you got me kind of excited that yeah uh, but will you have some of things in Vegas, at least very well known maybe? Oh, sorry. Will you have any like prototypes or anything in Vegas to possibly have for display? We don't want to have prototypes unless we're very prepared with it. So maybe. Okay. I can't I give you any promises. No, I hear you. I now I'm looking forward to January again. Not that <laughs> I wasn't before, but this will be interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't want to, I mean, a lot of brands, they pull the thing where they, they take something a shot and then it's like two years and it's like, Hey, where'd that thing go? Or, um, a Clover, what, five, six years that we haven't seen anything from some companies. Oh yeah. Easy. There's <laughs> that Palmetto MP5 at guys. That's one but, of them. You that's, know, one, that's one of many. So, but, uh, yeah. So a year or two, thank you to the cough cough, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but the other but the other three years, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chloe, I know that we've got some uh, questions or some comments. There are. You want yeah, to kind of update us real quick? Yeah, I've got some stacked up, so let's uh, let's get into to a few of these. Uh, M. Woods is asking, uh, Ambi lowers wind, so any plans on that? Oh, as far as AR-15s, I'm guessing he's asking? Yeah, am ambidextrous lowers, yeah. Uh, that's something we've been toying around with uh, definitely for a while. Our lead designer, Lance, uh, he's been kind of – he's another gun guy. I mean, fortunately, we've got a lot of good gun guys around here. Uh, uh, been toying around with it for a while. It's been done so well by so many companies. We're definitely trying to do it. Uh, but we want to also make it worth buying, if that makes sense, over somebody else's. Yeah. Um, Wes out there, speaking of the company stuff, says uh, some of my wife's family's from Kentucky, and I always like the Anderson logo, giving a nod to uh, Kentucky's horse industry. So I uh, just wanted to throw that in. Is, 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 uh, is Kentucky known for horse racing or something? I, I hadn't heard apparently, that before. Apparently. Oh, okay. According to Wes, that's what he said. <laughs> Uh, G twenty three uh, says if it's based off the uh, Gen three, then can someone switch the slide to the 
23 or the 32. Hmm. Is, is I, he, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah. if, you can, if you can do it with the 19, I think it's what you guys were getting at, right? You can, if you can do it with the 19, you can do it with the Kyger. I okay. Mean, the deal. Okay. Right. There you yeah. go. Yeah, some of these questions get really, really, really specific. <laughs> yeah, uh, this one's this one's been in a lot uh, from Noah out there. Yeah. Uh, will there be threaded barrels and optics-ready versions coming down the line? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is good. Uh, fortunately, so the reason we... Uh, this, is a, this is a marketing thing, uh, too. Part of the reason we called it the Kyger 9C instead of just the Kyger is because the plan is this is not the end of the uh, the pistols for us. You know, this is just the beginning of uh, looking at different models, looking at some underserved uh, stuff that people have been asking Glock for, see what we can do there. Um, uh, we really want to, in the coming years, really make a lot of new models. But as far as the, uh, the optics ready, the threaded, uh, those kinds of things, uh, those will be coming soon, very soon. Yeah. Uh, G23 thrown out there. Uh, what about bundles with the uh, pistol and PCC? Anything like that coming maybe on the website? Always a possibility. Uh, that's going to be up to our sales team. They, <laughs> they do all the packaging and put the deals together. Right, not your pay grade. for it. That's yeah. a fantastic answer. Right. I love it. I love it. Not I like my department. Push it off. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, um, and, and then, uh, in, well, in Woods out there, this is the last one. This will clear the questions up for a little bit. Um, got kind of machining things. Says, what tolerances are you holding on critical features? Uh, Ruger and Marlin claim uh, plus or minus two thousandths machine tolerances on the 1895. So, uh, very technical. They're getting out there with the questions, but I mean, there's, you know, there's uh, part of machining is what do you need to hold those kind of tolerances right. to? And what do you not? Obviously Marlon, they're not holding, uh, two thou tolerances on everything. Uh, critical features though, like the, you know, your breach lockup, things like that. Those are the kind of tolerances we're holding here. Uh, two thou is, uh, you know, pretty tight tolerances, but it's necessary for, stuff to hold headspace, things like that. So yeah, we're, we're holding those kind of tolerances for sure where they need to be held. Well, and that's going to change. Anytime you talk tolerances, that's going to change from one design to the next, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, just because Marlin does it doesn't mean that's going to equate to some other type of firearm. So, and the 1895 yeah. being a lever action rifle, uh, a little bit different than what we're talking about tonight. Lost audio. I'll say all our tolerances for critical features tend to be at least as good as the Glocks we've seen. That's kind of what I believe. We're still hearing you, Ghost. I've lost audio. I can't hear a thing. Can you hear me okay? Can yeah. you hear me or no? I, I can't hear a thing. Okay. Um, real quick, I don't know if anyone's talking. I hope I'm not talking over Clover. Uh, I, there was a question out there um, that Noah put about – um, will there be any custom shop style ones? Uh, and I'm going to sit there and say, will it be one of those things where you can get the normal or maybe a different slide that has optic cuts or may have a fiber optic front side? Or I mean, will there be some custom options maybe down the road? Yeah, 
I, I mean, I think that's definitely something we're looking into and planning on, not just looking into, but planning on, as well as um, uh, possibly some different colors and things like that in the future as well. Uh, we really want to make this uh, kind of another one of our premier platforms. So we're going to try and do as much as we can with it. Guess he didn't like that answer. No, he's gonna jump out and back in. Hopefully that <laughs> that clears it up. But yeah, yeah, we'll get him uh, get him taken care of. He's back. All right. I hear, I hear I hear you. I hear you. Awesome. It's it might be a streamyard thing. I don't know. I don't know. I no it is election night, so there may be. Oh, I didn't um, think about there's a all ton kinds of, of live streams. Right. Yeah. There's online. probably a lot of people streaming right yeah. now. Yep. Okay. Um, no out there says any CZ pistol, any Glock, Glock clone MP9s are my top three go-to pistols. So without, I know you said there's some things in the works. Maybe would there be an, an option for maybe a SIG or a CZ type uh, style gun down the road or, or what? Without giving the farm away. No, I think I think as far as our uh, pistol option goes, we're much better. I think we're much better served by focusing on kind of the Glock market, especially the Gen Three Glock market, and just branching out from there into different sizes and shapes and stuff like that. Um, uh, another one that uh, some people talk about, but some people don't know, uh, a lot of that stuff is still very tightly guarded as far as patents. Yeah, depending on the company, they can really come after you, even if you're somewhat close. So um, the Glock Gen Three patents expired relatively recently, and that's part of why you're seeing this huge oh, explosion yeah. in uh, Glock clones. But uh, th that's another one that, with Gen Three Glocks, we're very safe with. With any other, you know, some of those other more modern designs, uh, it's just a hundred times harder and we feel like our efforts are much better served and uh, just keeping this one platform going. Um, there's a lot of chatter out there about an Anderson lever action. Just throwing <laughs> it out there. Just All saying. Right. All right. I'm going to go ahead and throw uh, a shotgun in the G23 mix too, is the about the pistol grip. Every time we talk log, G23 brings up pistol grip angle. You don't even, let, let's be honest, it's not that big. If you don't like a Glock Gen 3, then it is what it is. But don't don't tell me that a, a pistol grip angle is the selling or non-selling point of the Glock Gen 3 G23. You know better than that. You're better than that, man. You're better than that. Um, uh, Calaveras yeah. is asking about, you know, the California stuff. So with I know, that's, that's I know that the whole thing. roster question, that almost always comes up anytime we're talking yeah. about a new firearm, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry for you guys stuck in the uh, the California, <laughs> uh, that whole deal. Um, we've definitely looked into getting on a California roster, but it is a it is a bear to get on that roster. We're definitely gonna try in the future, but uh, I mean the amount of money involved and the time and all that. Well, it's you gonna just be have to you just have to line the right pockets with that money. It's California. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, I mean. Yeah. That's not a joke. That's not, a, I wasn't joking, but yeah. Yeah. It's, 
Buy the right share. I mean, we've right got a lot of loyal over. customers in California that buy AR parts, and we'd really love to give them uh, Kyger pistols, but um, uh, we, we don't have approval. We're not currently in the process yet. Uh, we're going to try. I know that, but we'll see. Yeah. It's not really up to us, you know? Yeah, it, it is a process. Yeah, It's a pro- it's a long process, and it's an expensive process, and people don't understand uh, they just, well, why don't you try to get in on the roster? It, it, it takes years. It takes a lot of money. Uh, yeah. If everyone could spend the time and the money to do it, there'd be a lot more than like 12 pistols on the roster or whatever. It's, it's not 12, but it's, it's a very small number that are on that roster. Uh, more importantly, take the whole side of the time factor or the monetary factor it's not like just because you spend the time and you have the money that they're going to say yes to put you on the roster. So it's a huge risk as well, especially talking about a state that doesn't seem to care at all about gun rights. Um, it, it is a huge risk. So, um, yeah, that, that's something that I, I hear people all the time. Why aren't, you on the, why aren't you on the California roster? If it was that easy, everything would be on the California roster. There wouldn't have to be a roster at that point. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about this because – I've had a couple uh, questions um, from people that want to know where the name Kiger came from. Like, what was the, the, the reason why Kiger was the name of the pistol? Um, I'll take that one. So okay. the, the Kiger is a Mustang out of um, the Oregon region. Um, and apparently only when they're wild are they considered Kiger. Um, so once they are... Uh, caught and someone owns them and they're training them then I, I don't know what they become but they're no longer a Kyger so yeah we uh well and that's very, almost like a Mustang as well a Mustang almost has to be wild to be considered a Mustang at that point still doesn't it yes yeah so uh let's see here I thought, through, a, I thought it was a cross between a kangaroo kangaroo and a tiger but that was just me I thought that's what it was We've we heard the Kentucky Tiger too, <laughs> right? You had to forgive my friend. <laughs> a kangaroo and a tiger. So, man, that'd be kind of cool, actually. It'd be kind of scary. What it'd be? It'd be real scary. Yeah, I don't even want to visit a tiger that can kick. Holy cow! Can you imagine? Now, would the pouch go on the back or like on the belly? How would that? Work? Ah, that's a that's a great point too. And would it have cool stripes? I mean, like it's got to, right? Yeah, it's a tiger. Man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that needs to be a patch. That it would have, patch. it would have Molly stripes. Ooh, yes, nice. it would. Wow, wow, nice. Well played, sir. Well played. Um, <laughs> wow, uh, Clover. Anything else out there uh, that we need to bring up real quick? You know, I don't have anything flagged. The, the chat got to scrolling really quick. Oh, I did one did. one here. The mutant. Um, says uh, M47 mutant clone. Please take my money. <laughs> you guys probably get that a lot. I would think. Yeah, I mean the the mutant is a really cool, unique gun. I, I think it's uh, they've kind of taken that market so much. But we're definitely. I will say, uh, as far as a mutant and taking AK mags and stuff like that. That's not something we've uh, even really thought of right now. But as far as getting back into the 7.6239 specifically, yeah. 
now that we now that whole Russian thing, uh, the ammo availability at least. This is true. Uh, there's a lot of people. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty cloudy, but at the same time, there's a lot of other countries and even domestic producers kind of stepping up with the 76239, which I'm really happy to see that. I'm a AK fan as well myself. Uh, definitely are looking into doing some relaunches and things with more 76239 ARs. I mean, they're really cool. Uh, we've there's a lot of kinks in the industry that have been worked out as far as making them run reliably. Right. Um, and uh, so that's coming. Uh, as far as taking AK mags, that's kind of its own animal. And then uh, I, kudos to them for making that work because the tolerances on AK mags are so all mm -hmm. over the freaking place. I mean, that is, that's a bear. I'm impressed how well they've gotten those things to run. Yeah. But, yeah, the 76239, you know, things like the Mutant and then just the 76239 variant. Uh, really, really popular when you're shooting pigs in the face, I got to say. Yeah. There you go. In case one was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a question that I saw, uh, and I hope the answer is no. But who knows? Someone asked, is Anderson looking to get a new logo anytime soon? Why? I'll, I'll take that one. The answer is no. So I'm going to play off of this because I mentioned the Poverty Pony earlier. I'm sure you guys have heard that before. <laughs> do, do you guys laugh it off? I mean, what is the, what is, I mean, I didn't mean any disrespect by saying that, but. Oh, no. I, you know what I mean? Kyle and I were talking about that earlier this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love it. We we try to embrace it. Uh, we've yeah. even thought about yeah. putting some videos out with like us and our spenders out there <laughs> holding our ARs and just going straight Kentucky on everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That'd be yeah, awesome. I think hilarious. I, uh, we joke around with each other being poverty enthusiasts. And uh, <laughs> like, uh, I think it's hilarious. I mean, you can joke all you want, but you're. Your some of your high dollar lowers came out of one of the machines I'm standing next to. So yeah, well, I mean, I like the logo. I mean, yeah, I, I, do too. I mentioned it earlier when it's like I seriously need to swap the lower on my XM177. I mean, I like, I like that. I like the horse on there. I just like it. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. No, it's a great logo. Don't change it. Don't don't change it. Never. Um, okay, I'm not really sure. There's some weird people out in the chat. Some weird people on YouTube. Get over it, guys. Uh, get out of the basement, find a girlfriend, get some sunlight. Just saying. Uh, we're going to go down that road. Anyways, uh, so let's kind of move on. The Kiger obviously is what we're going to talk about the most because that is the newest thing. Um, we talked about the marketing side, and you guys have been working on this for a while. Uh, the engineering side for a while um, this is just something for people who might have a question when, when developing a gun. Uh, how many different models or redesigns goes into from when you start the project until it's released to public? Is it, you know, alpha, beta? I mean, all I mean, how many different models or redesigns you guys have to go through? Is, is even I mean, I'm sure you, you probably can't count all of them when it comes to little bitty pieces of tweaks, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's uh, that's why physically testing the product is so important. Um, 
there's so many little tweaks to make something work better or stronger or, hey, this doesn't feel right or, uh, hey, I think this this got too much flex uh, that we need to increase, you know, uh, the thickness of this little piece, but we have to worry about that. So much of that in this, I, like you said, I can't count. And that's a lot of our uh, engineering that we did with SCT on the frame. That was a really, uh, the, the slides are the slides are the slides. A lot of that is just the exterior yeah. stuff. But the frame was where a lot of the real work went into as far as making, and some of the smaller pieces as well. Um, yeah, endless revisions, going back to the drawing board a couple of times. Um, uh, but we really are happy with how it turned out. Take care, Rebels. We'll see you soon, hopefully. Um, yeah, I was going to say, Noah asked, what was the most annoying part of designing the Glock clone? I guess um, the, <laughs> this is kind of funny, but uh, Lance's struggle, our main designer who did a, the design on the slides, and uh, uh, we all contributed, but he was that was really his baby. Uh, the Glock slide has been done so many times. It was so hard trying to figure out one that looked different than other people's. And then when we came out, we had, uh, when we finally um, settled on that slide design and had physical prototypes and things like that, yeah. somebody came to us and we're like, oh, hey, it looks exactly like this one. It's like, <laughs> well, it's too late. Right. Been, the, the Glock slide, the Glock 19 slide's been done so many thousand times. It was, well, yeah, <laughs> you, there's there's probably no way to to redesign a Glock 19 Gen 3 slide. There's, there's no way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, but I guess all what it comes down to is functionality, and, and obviously aesthetics probably has to play. It has to somewhat play a role, does it not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was a good bit of it in making our the uh the slide uh visually fit the frame as well and then uh, you know there's obviously certain features that people want like the serrations what angle do those go part of that is obviously the visual it needs to look good but at the end of the day when you pick it up and touch it it also has to feel good and the the grip can't be too uh rough it can't like you know take your fingerprints off when you're trying to rack it but it also has to be sturdy enough that when your hands are wet and things like that so there's I mean, we were doing some weird stuff as far as getting our hands wet or trying to, you know, scratch our hands up when we were testing the physical prototypes on what's the right depth of serration. What is it? What chamfers do we need to make so this thing isn't going to cut somebody's hand or whatever? Yeah. And that's of, a thing. It is a thing, unfortunately. Yeah. A lot of little weird stuff that I never would have thought with, especially with a handgun, because it's so much more, I don't know, what do you want to say, tactile? Like, it's so small, your hands get all over it versus an AR where you've got a lot more, I guess, real estate and yep. protection for your your little fingies. Like uh, <laughs> the a pistol, it's just so you're all over the thing. So just it feeling good in the hand is so much more important. Um, I got a couple more questions, if you don't mind. Um, now, I, I love front serrations. I know a lot of people I, – I, I, I'm a front serration guy. I do enjoy the front serrations uh, for multiple things. Um, I haven't held one yet, so I'm asking questions from someone who's actually never had one in their hands yet. Um, as far as the rear sight, is, is what material is the rear sight? Is it something that can handle a, a beating, or 
maybe manipulation off of a belt or a belt buckle? I mean, is, is it something that can handle a beating? Because some people ask those questions. I'm a guy that likes to run manipulations off belts and all that in case I ever have to. But the, the, the rear sight construction, what is that made out of? So the front and the rear sight are just like clog. They are plastic. Okay. But okay. They're, I mean, they're sturdy. I was yeah. very, uh, I was very surprised at how sturdy they are. You can beat on them pretty good. I mean, there's a reason Glock uses them from the factory. I, I don't think they, you know, a pistol as proven as that. I don't think they'd still be doing it if they found some kind of terrible problem with, you know, using plastic sights. I don't know a lot of people. The first thing they do is go out and get their uh, their steel sights or their night sights or whatever, but that's part of it. I mean, we'd have to charge people uh, to put those steel sights on and do all that. Yep. We wanted to keep the price point competitive and affordable for those people who don't really care about that. Yep. So, um, Once again, if they want something like that, there's a ton of them out there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, I mean, we'll be selling we our know. own options. That might be one of those things where you might maybe next year and, or whatever – you might have a, a customized drop-down yeah. list when you buy the gun. Say, hey, I want this, 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 and this. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, you guys were talking earlier, and I want you to haven't held one yet, but from what I'm looking at, um, the texture on the grip, the stippling, just the texture in general, I like an aggressive, uh, but not cut your hand, but I, I do like an aggressive texture. This to me looks like it's a pretty aggressive texture, much more so than a, a Glock and all that. Was that in consideration of saying, hey, this is what a lot of people have said. Hey, let's go ahead and do this stock. Yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those small things where we saw people getting their sending their uh, frames out and for you know hundred bucks or whatever, getting this custom stipple job, and we just wanted to offer some enhanced grip right out of the box. Yep. Uh, something that was, once again, this was a, a, a Goldilocks zone where we had to figure out, we had a ton of textures we were trying to figure out from what's too rough, what's not rough enough, what's not gonna tear up your stomach if you appendix carry this thing, but is also gonna be grippy when your hands are sweaty and your life depends on it. So yep. uh, yes, it's much grippier than a, than a stock Glock. But uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's too much. I mean, even firing, you know, too personally, you know, during testing, obviously, uh, I personally fired, you know, fifteen hundred rounds, two thousand rounds in a day, and yeah. my hands it didn't rub my hands raw. You know, I, it's I think it's right in that. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I, I personally do like an aggressive texture stippling. Um, that's just that's just me. I don't I don't want to cut my hand. But I wanted to be aggressive. Yeah. This looks to me like it would be. Um, I just had a question in the back of my head. Uh, oh, so I know some companies do this, and I know a lot of other uh, industries do this, where they've got uh, a prototype ready. They'll, they'll bring in some people, like a, almost like a, a focus group and all of that, but it's unmarked, so it has no labels of manufacturer or anything like that. When you guys are designing this, did you bring in anyone from the outside to kind of look at it, feel it, or shoot it, and give some feedback to people that could be your customers, or how did that go? Yeah, we definitely brought in um, a few people, um, and then just 
some select people. Uh, we had a couple of police officers in the area kind of test it out for a little bit, shoot it. Uh, we had some, a uh, couple of uh, gun riders shoot it kind of beforehand. Uh, we did a couple of writing events and things like that when we were still, uh, we had fleshed out most of the stuff. We're just working on the final touches. And uh, we got really lucky to be completely honest. And we didn't have to make any like major changes after that input. Most people were pretty happy with it. I think part of that goes to the fact that we're all pretty good gun guys here. And so we had a pretty good idea what works and what doesn't. But um, yeah, we, we had a lot of really good feedback when we were testing it and showing it to people. So it, fortunately we didn't have to make any major changes at that point. There is a lot, and I don't know if it's the same guy, but this is like the third or fourth time I've seen it. Um, and this might be one something you can't talk about right now, but any hope for an Anderson 1911, Rob says? Uh, that's, there you go. That's, that's actually been floating around for a long time. I grew up here in Hebron, Kentucky, and yeah. pretty much my my whole life I've been here, and Anderson's going to develop a 1911. Uh Nothing right now, but I wouldn't rule anything out, you know? Well, like I said, I mean, you, you've got – before you can go into multiple guns, you've got to get the first one out. And so yeah. you're officially in the pistol game. Uh, the sky is the limit at this point. I mean, there, there's no telling where the company goes, but um, you had to get the first one out, you know, for sure. And it seems 2011 is the big thing now. Yeah, yeah. I, to be to be honest, it was it was really funny because I kept uh, I was thinking about that just spitballing at one of the shows. I was like, man, nobody's got an affordable 2011. I mean, it doesn't exist. And then the Springfield one came out like <laughs> right after that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, and there's some more stuff coming. But there's some more stuff coming. <laughs> yeah, and then, there's, and then there's more coming too. But it was it was one of those things where I, no, I was to get into Springfield it. opened the doors for sure for the Absolutely. affordable 2011. Um, I, I think that here's the great thing about that is for other companies, Springfield introduced their 2011, kind of made it an, an affordable 2011. Uh, but now the other companies are seeing, hey, there's some issues with this, maybe with this, and, and we can do this better. So I think in the next year, we're going to see a lot more come out that maybe, have, hey, let's let Springfield break that glass door and let's yeah. see how what problems they have. And then we have our designs and we can tweak here and there. Uh, I, I suspect there's going to be a, a lot of great, great models come out in the next year or so. Um, now, I know that you guys have gotten into the pistol game yourself here in the design and all that um without i mean this might not this might not even be worth asking but have you guys ever thought about maybe getting with companies overseas and, and doing the import thing now that you're kind of involved with that or is, are you guys more worried about in, in store in home uh guns at this point so i mean our focus has always been like the products that we make yeah uh i guess good that's kind of like a distributor's game as far as importing stuff. Uh, I mean, uh, we've got a couple of those Turkish shotguns on our website. That was kind of like a one time just for the heck of it thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the import game is really cool. And I personally, I'm a big fan of weird Milserp and uh, 
strange import guns, things like that. I think uh, Springfield's done a really good job with importing some kind of off the wall stuff with the Hellion, especially. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's our game. I mean, our, our whole tagline is hundred percent American made and that's mostly our focus is just making stuff in house, doing it better. So I don't see that in the near future. I'm glad you said that. And it's not a knock on other companies. Don't get me wrong, but I think, once a company reaches a certain point, it's almost like they feel like they have to reinvent their own company and what's next. And sometimes less is more. And but sometimes they try to bite off too much. And then you, five years down the road, that venture causes the company to go bye bye. So I'd much rather see a company find what they do and do it well and keep doing that. Let everyone else do all that. Do what you do really well. Uh, and, and, and I wasn't you know hoping that you guys didn't do that, but I mean, that would take away maybe from what you guys do very well. And that's produce quality products for prices that the average person can really afford and enjoy. So uh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, G23 out there. I'm going to go ahead and bring this. This might be a little controversial. Hope you guys don't mind. No, uh, but is Anderson going to get involved in the pistol brace issue to help protect the two way? That might not be your guys lane to talk about, but I will say this as, um, has this whole pistol brace thing, has it affected you guys yeah. or sales or anything that you guys can see lately? I mean, one of our most popular, uh, right. Uh, one of our most popular guns is still our brace 10 and a half front sight base. Uh, personally me, uh, I've come out with a lot of guns that feature braces because they're very popular and because I believe in the. The same kind of motto that Palmetto does that the more people that have these things, the more common use they are and the harder it is to ban them. So I think the the we're going to keep selling these things until the second yeah. week. And I think that the more people that have a vested interest in these pistols, the harder it is for them to do anything about it. And I think the, the best thing we can do is just we're going to keep selling those things until we absolutely cannot keep being them. consumers. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, being a consumer, there are a lot of people, a lot of people, oh, here's my puppy, a lot of people that are, are not um, politically inclined, uh, whether it's companies or individuals uh, that may not want to get involved in politics. But as a citizen, the best way to speak out against something that you don't like is to consume that product or whatever. If you don't want it to go away, consume it, make it to where the power, they, they need money to fight a lot of this stuff. And, and the way to make money is buying the people's products so that they have the money to fight it. Um, so the, the, the whole idea of uh, certain companies taking a stand and all that is great. Ultimately, if you really want to help these companies, keep buying their products. Make it to where the politicians don't, can't afford to uh, to close that, that, that down. Um, politically... Um, It's tough. I'm not a sky is a falling guy. I know there's a lot of people that get a lot of views and make a lot of money in our in our niche and the media side that make a lot of videos about the sky is falling. I, I'm not one of those guys. I, I truly am, am not. Um, speaking of consuming, uh, before we let Clover kind of close up with any other questions, uh, I don't even know if you're allowed to yet. It might be a little bit early, but uh, any sneak peek into some uh holiday black friday deals that anderson might be running so the guys can get excited or not 
Yeah, definitely. Um, right now we're running our, this is for dealers only, unfortunately. But right now we're running our pre-Black Friday sale. That's on the website. Uh, dealers get 15% off site-wide. And then we got 20 featured items that go above 15%. Um, one other thing I'd like to hit on, if that's cool with you, Trey. Uh, bro, it's, 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 it's your platform, bro. You can say whatever you got to say, man. I'm good. All right. Uh, with Veterans Day coming up, I encourage all veterans that are listening out there, go ahead and hop on andersonmanufacturing.com, fill out the form, um, show some form of verification that you're a veteran. You get 10% off year-round off our website. Um, wow. For Veterans Day, for this weekend, we're adding additional 25% to that. So you'll get 35% off this weekend um, as long as you went in, enrolled as a veteran, verified it, 35% uh, off for all veterans this weekend uh, to thank That's you awesome. for your sacrifice. And then thank you for your service as well. Um, I, I mentioned earlier, but I don't people that may not have been here right away, uh, Kyle's a Marine. Um, so uh, we're, we're, we're celebrating, and, and, and I wanted to really not celebrate tonight, but we do want to talk about that. Uh, Marine Corps birthday is Thursday. Veterans Day is, is Friday. So uh, any plans that uh, most people don't, we don't like to make public uh, some of the, the things that happened at, at, during Marine Corps birthday celebrations. Um, but uh, do you have any plans Thursday night or anything? Uh, Friday, I'll be rolling up to Chicago. Um we have a partnership with a company called Oscar Mike. Um, they do a lot for disabled veterans out there. Uh, their name alone means on the move, and they, they keep the disabled veterans moving. Um, I'm going to go up there and hang out with the guys at Oscar Mike, and they're throwing a, uh, a, a Veterans Day ball. It's a red tie event since it's Friday. And, I love uh, it. Yeah. Ah, that's, that's cool. I like that. And, and we're going to be giving them uh, one of our Patriot 556 rifles. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that, that's that's amazing. Um, tell Kyle to drink one for me, and sorry you missed the IED. <laughs> yeah, me and Double Inside Tap joke, I back. guess, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, Chris says Oscar Mike makes some really cool shirts. They do. They make a lot of really cool uh, shirts and all that. That's kind of where I know Oscar Mike is is the apparel side of things. They do a really good job of marketing, especially on Instagram and all that. They do a good job of, of hyping their stuff up. I want to say, so there's a show called Seal Team. It's on Paramount Plus with, uh, I, don't remember, I can't say his name. The guy used to be on Angel and, and, and Bones and all of that. Jason, whatever. It's a really good show, actually. And uh, they, they've got... They've got really good at handling, so they, they take the gun side of that show very seriously, which I appreciate uh, as far as tactics and movements. I want to say one of the guys always wearing like an Oscar Mike um, hat or a shirt a lot in the show, so that's pretty cool, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Um, at least I, I've recognized the logo enough at least a few times. Like, hey, like I know that logo and all that, so that's pretty cool. Um Clover, do we have anything up there we need to bring up before we uh, start sweeping the floor? Yeah, I've got two starred. We can uh, probably knock out pretty quick. First one was Marcus. He says, why can't I ever find an Anderson strip lower in LR308? Yeah, uh, do you guys. I'll take that. Yeah. Hey, just check out our website. 
Uh, look up <laughs> AM10 strip blowers. Uh, we, we got them in stock. We're ready for you. Well, there you go. He's probably searching the wrong thing then. Yeah, he keep might looking. be. Keep looking. And then this one uh, probably probably speaks back to the maybe the pistol or whatever. But I'm curious about this because I hear this a lot. Um, thoughts on the 30 Super Carry. Ooh. So do either one of you have any experience with that? I do. I rather enjoy it. But I've held the opinion that, unfortunately, until Glock picks up on it, it's probably not going to go anywhere. But I'm curious what you guys think, if you've had any experience with it. I don't have any personal experience, but I'm, uh, I don't know. I, my feelings about yet another new caliber, uh, I don't I don't like, especially in a gun that I'm going to use a lot and want to train in, uh, a caliber that's hard to get although they've been very good at making it relatively affordable uh i think it's a very good concept but like you said is until somebody real big picks it up like glock or you get some more pistols really in it i think it's going to stay kind of a, a niche cart caliber that may stick around or it may go away and if you bought into it and it goes away i mean you're left holding the bag yeah i i agree with um you guys have both said clover and all that is i think it's going to take and I don't, I don't think it might just it might be glock i think it might have to take glock ruger smith sig like two or three of the of the big four or five to really jump in on because there needs to be more than one because i think right now smith smith might be the only one well guess what there needs to be more than one model that's going to work with this so i think if there are three or four companies that jump on board that's in my opinion that's what's really going to make this thing run or not yeah Go ahead, well, and, and more in ammo production too yeah. well, this is true like too. Federal, like can't, federal can't keep that all in house if they, no. they yeah. to go anywhere I mean, yeah. you really can't you're not going to be able to meet demand and you want demand so sure. if, if you do then release it out and then just be the from there just be the cream of the crop you know what i mean yeah. um now, the bearded guy's got one real quick. He said, does Anderson make a maglock for California residents? Unfortunately, we do not. There you go. That, that's, once again, you're, you're talking enough? about what people don't realize. Something as simple as that, it's a, it's a huge upfront investment on hoping, <laughs> on a hope that, it works out for you with, with the state of California and all of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I get that. And it's one of those but, things where maybe if, if the roster thing happens or whatever, hello, um, or there's a lot more, uh, demand through emails and calls from California, maybe that, that, that happens, but that's a huge investment on something that you wouldn't think costs a lot, but you got to make a ton of them, uh, for it to get your, your worthwhile, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's great to hear comments like that because it lets us know, you know, what our customers Maybe there are. is a need or something, yeah. Yep. Uh, Super Carry is 32 ACP Magnum. <laughs> Not really. Is he wrong, though? Yeah, it's more like a, more like a, maybe more like a 32 H&H &H auto. <laughs> Uh, okay. Wow. Uh, going an hour and 20 minutes. We've got about 10 more, 10 minutes. But what I want to do for the last 10 minutes or so, 
Uh, is there anything, Kyle or Truman, whether it's about the, the Kiger or the company itself, is there anything um, that you guys want to bring up that we haven't touched on or discussed yet at this point? Uh, I will say one thing about um, just my personal experience here at Anderson. Um, and I know you talk about it all the time, Trey. Um, at the time where I found Anderson, I was at that dark point. Yeah. Um, and the thing I love about Anderson is they are a small family-owned company out here in Hebron, Kentucky, doing very big things. And we still operate as a family-owned company. Um, you'll see the owners on the floor very frequently um, coming around, checking on employees, checking parts, you know, making sure everything's in spec, uh, making sure things ain't sitting on the shelf too long. Um, and sometimes that stuff gets annoying, but it's also awesome to see an owner of a company like this down there on the floor with the guys and the girls. It, 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 um, they've done a lot for myself, and, um, you know, it's a great company to work for. You know, in that, there are companies that almost get too big. Uh, let's be honest, where, you know, when, when it comes to the point to where there is a disconnect from upper management and the soldiers of the company, where at this point, they don't, it's not that they think of you as a number. They just don't have time to get to know everybody. There's just way too many. You're almost a number in that army. Um, it is nice to know that there are companies out there that is still um, family-based, whether it's actual family or every employee is part of that, that Anderson family. Um, and I'm assuming that there are not just you, I'm sure there are other veterans and all of that that are working at there. And it's nice to know that, that you and others are able to maybe find some comfort and find some, some help when, when needed in that dark time. It's also nice to hear that maybe Anderson was one of the things that got you out of that darkness. And, and that's a cool, that, that's, as, that's as good of a testament as you could probably give a company is, is, is the moral, physical uh, support to help their employees find the light, whatever the light that might be in your life. Uh, we talk about the light all the time, but that's one of those things um, that's a real thing. Um I'm trying to see what's that question right there. I can't. I can barely read that. Clover, what's the last question right there? So uh, when you got, oh, yeah, is that? Go ahead. Yeah. So when can you guys tell us publicly <laughs> your OEM for Novesky? Probably never would be my guess. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I couldn't. I I just saw OEM. And I thought it was like a legit question. I'm sorry, uh, Clover. Just tell me to shut up if if I do that. I I can't see them. It's my phone. So no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I love it when people want like industry inside NDA secrets. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and you know, go, go to work for the company. We have no problem with that. Yeah, right. Like, go to work for the company. I mean, there's certain things I can't just divulge every single thing about their company. Yeah, like it, it's that's just a thing. Well, and like. Uh, I guess just a little insight into the industry for those who aren't, I guess, as informed. Uh, it is an extraordinarily common thing for manufacturers to buy stuff from each other, uh, marking variances, little piddly parts here and there. I mean, you name a company that you know of that makes ARs, 
guarantee you they they buy tons of little components here and there when they need them when they're in a pinch regularly i mean we supply a ton of manufacturers yep. very solid manufacturers from top to bottom on all kinds of parts and pieces things like that uh, like yeah I, again we're not going to admit oh hey yeah we are we oem for noveski no even if we did uh we we can't say that yes or no because of like you said the ndas uh, we don't want to spoil those secrets. Obviously, we're bound to uh, the NDAs and the legal ramifications of those. But um, just as a peek into the industry, everybody does it. I everybody mean, does. Everybody to does. Say that, to say that you guys don't yeah. make lowers for other people that buy them directly from you would be naive for people to think that. Uh, for a company that is has been doing this as long as you have with the reputation Anderson has, um, it's it, it sounds bad, but it's cheaper for you guys, your company, to produce a lower for a, maybe a company that's very very small starting out that they can do it themselves. It's it's easier because they know what quality they're going to get. So yeah, it obviously happens, and it happens all over this industry. Um, there are companies that have different divisions hey we're, we're doing our, our our logo stuff and then we've got blank ones over here that we sell to xyz companies that's how business is done so yeah well, i think it'd be naive to think that y'all didn't do that especially just, a company has been around it's it started as a machine shop first of right. all you know yeah and that's what i was fixing to say i mean as long as they've been around what'd you say since the 50s i mean it's naive to think if they have been in the machining business because i know machining businesses i've got friends that are machinists that at those places and everything here it's naive to think that a machining business does not make parts for all kinds of things so you know you, you probably got a history of parts that have been in jet fighters and commercial yeah. airlines and you know industry you know mining equipment who knows right what all has been machined and and farmed out to, to other companies over the what is that 70 years now good gravy so, 70 years yeah, yeah. 70, oh, goodness gracious yeah i think a lot of, you, there's probably stuff parts that interest manufacturers done that you don't even know it because a company bought them and you don't even know where they went it was just hey i need a ten thousand of these little gizmos okay here you go oh, yeah. buddy I mean, happens all the time <laughs> happens all the time yeah, if they're willing, uh, if they're willing to pay, if they're willing I, I, to pay, I'm talking to you, Army. We're taking generally a lot of people that don't understand how this business works yeah. uh, and all of that. So, yeah, well, we're, we're not got, saying you don't get it. We're saying a lot of people don't get it. When you've got the industry equipment, right? Be that, be that CNC machinery, right? Be injection molding, whatever that might be. If somebody comes along and they say, "Here's a stack of money. I need this." I mean, you're a fool for not going, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's be what honest. It is. Yeah, you got to pay is. for that machinery. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter where the money comes from. Whoever needs those parts made, yeah. do it. Um, going an hour and a half. And once again, Kyle Truman, thank you so much for coming. I want to give you guys the floor for a few minutes. And this might be more up Kyle's uh, alley than, than Truman's here. But I want to give you guys a few minutes to talk about um, where people can find you um website social media and all of that um maybe some things that uh 
that you guys have got on the website that most people maybe not know about or whatever you want to talk about. I'm going to give you a few minutes to talk solely about Anderson and kind of promote the company right now. Got it. Um, I did see a question in the comments about swag. That is coming soon. Uh, that nice. Is, that's a department we have been lacking in. Um, well, with we do, the logo, it, it should be d difficult to make some really cool swag, you know? Yeah, definitely. Kyle's so, been busting it on it. He's been doing a great job coming up with some new stuff. You guys, you guys should be excited. Yeah, working on it. Uh, we're on all social media platforms, um, minus TikTok and Snapchat, but those are coming soon. Uh, oh, okay. Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, we're out there. Just the Anderson Manufacturing. Uh, we do have the Black Friday sale coming up for the uh, just, I hate to call you regular customers, but if you're not a dealer, um, that is coming soon. It will be around actual Black Friday. Right now, we're just running the dealer special. Um, but as far as that goes, next big event we have coming up will be SHOT Show. Um, and we have, we, we're putting together some things uh, for SHOT Show. So it'll be, it'll yeah, be a good one. Um, yeah, SHOT Show, people, people, people bash SHOT Show. And I get it. I, I get it. It's not for everyone. It's my favorite week of the year. I love SHOT for a lot of reasons. Um, seeing the cool stuff. More importantly, getting to see like people you only get to see maybe once or twice a year in different shows. And it's not, for me, it's not, hey, I want to go get videos of all the cool guys. Well, sure, I want to do that. I want to present that to my viewers. But a lot of it is just rekindling friendships and relationships that you've made over the years. And for a few days, hey, good seeing you again, bro. Or people we've met, like you guys, people we've met. Well, now I'll get to you know go and shake your hand and, and, and say in January, hey, we probably talked before, but we just didn't know we talked before in previous shows or whatever. Um, the And I think Clover will agree on what Clover talked about it. But for me, it's the relationship side of things that really I love about Shot. It's, it's not all the glamour and all of the – the tactical pups running around and all that, but uh, Shot Show is my favorite year, my favorite week of the year for a lot of reasons. But um, the, real quick before you go, um, will you guys be at Range Day for Shot? I don't know. We won't be at Range Day this year. Okay, I wasn't sure if you're going to be able to get out there with the Kyger or not. No, I, I, I don't. Unless something changes, I don't think. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Unfortunately. I think it'd be cool in the future for sure, but this year, yeah. I mean, that's that's its own kind of <laughs> own kind. It's of its own yeah, monster for sure. <laughs> and it's my first shot show, so this is your give me your first shot. Yes, sir. Oh, bless you. We're we're, we're gonna have to break you in. So, have you, have you been to shot before? Like, like, have you been there? You're just not in the booth, or this is like your first full experience of shot? First full experience of shot and Vegas. So, the two all right. So, I'm taking you somewhere Wednesday night. Okay? okay. Wednesday night, there's a place called the Leatherneck Club. Go figure. It's a bar, a museum, and I'm a part of the Recon Sniper Foundation, and they sponsor. It's called the Marine Party. It's huge. It's Wednesday night at the Leatherneck Club. It's called the Marine Party. Ask around. Everyone knows the Marine Party. If this is your first shot show, you're going with me to the Marine Party. Oh, yeah. Just saying. You should definitely. So I won't unless unless Anderson has you doing something <laughs> that you have to be doing, I'm just saying because that's a real thing also. But if you're available, uh, you're going to the Marine Party with me for sure. 
Let's go. Oh yeah. Uh, Clove, you got anything that you want to bring up? Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about the, uh, ghost and Clover stickers real quick. Speaking of shot show. Yeah. Speaking of that. So, uh, yeah, we've got the, uh, ghost and Clover shot 2023 stickers. Uh, find a way to throw that out there in the uh, chat, the link for that, uh, $10 a sticker and gets you an entry into a $1,600 plus prize package. Winner take all. Pretty much anything and everything you need, including a, uh, a handgun and then anything and everything you would need to go with that handgun to practice, train, carry, go to the range, you name it. Uh, there's a trauma kit in there. There is a rest. There is ammunition. There's a holster. There's a belt. Uh, a bag. A pro, ear pro. Of yeah. stuff. Uh, every, uh, every sticker sold, which uh, the stickers are limited to 200. They're signed. They are uh, numbered. Again, only 200. And I think we've sold about 40% of them or so at this point, it looks like. Um, for every five, you get an extra entry for those that uh, do want to wrap it up. And, you know, the proceeds left over once we, of course, uh, pay for the stickers and do the other things, Ghost and I will split and offset. It certainly won't pay for the trip shot. But it'll offset a little bit. So we both want to thank all the companies, our friends in the industry that did jump in and and um, and help us out with this. It's it's nice yeah. to it's nice to know that, uh, that there there's people up there that uh, that are in the industry that actually do support creators and trying to get the shot as well. So thank you to all of our friends in the industry for jumping on board on this as well. Sorry, go ahead. Chloe. Well, and, and yeah, I was just going to say one thing that I mentioned this morning. Uh, you know, about this, I was promoting it and talking about it. And, you know, one of the things that I said is, you know, could we have just reached out to those companies and said, Hey, uh, can you give us 300 bucks? Hey, can you give us a hundred bucks? Hey, can you give us 50 bucks? Right. right. And we could probably could have done that, but what, that's not fun. And so instead it's like, Hey, you know, why don't you donate a $300 item? Hey, why don't you donate a $50 item? We put some stickers together. Uh, you guys get a cool sticker. We, you know, draw a winner. We have some fun, and somebody gets an awesome prize package. So, you know, it's just uh, it's a lot better deal, I think, all the way around. Absolutely. Um, Truman, Kyle, thank you, thank you so much. We're gonna have you back on. I'd love to have you back on, maybe when you get closer to shot, uh, because kind of a cool, interesting conversation about what companies do to prepare for shot, especially Kyle being the first one maybe you guys are going to come on and talk about that side of, of the shot show the industry side because they hear about us all the time but there's no telling what you guys had to go through but uh, bring you back in maybe uh after the new year and all of that and kind of check in on some of the products check in uh, on all of that stuff but uh if you guys ever want to come on like you guys are more than welcome to come on anytime you have an open invite whether it's under the anderson flag or if you just want to come in and hang out and, and, and shoot the Shoot the shit with this and all of that. It's it's up to you guys. Um, any last thoughts that you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? One thing I did forget. Now you guys are talking about giveaways. Um, we're actually giving away a 308, the Marksman XL at shooton.com. So check shoot that on. out. Shoot on. And we can Corey, put that, can you maybe the put that link out there for me. Yep. I can't, uh, Clover, I can't do it on my phone, so I'm sure Clover could probably go to that and put that link out there. One more time, uh, what was it? And I'll grab shoot it. On, shoot on. Shoot on.com. They're giving away a 308. 
Yeah. Okay. Working on it now. So stand by out there in the chat, and I will uh, I will get that going. Yeah, here it is. Shoot on. Oh. I wish I could do it for you, but like I said, it's been a weird, weird, interesting night having to run this from a phone. Yeah. Well, I've got the YouTube um, chat window up, the StreamYard chat window up, so mine yeah, is no, I get it. doing, but I'm, there it is, shooton.com. Uh, let me screen share. And yeah, just go to, for it. Uh, if that's okay, just yeah. to make sure that I'm showing the right thing here. I don't want to give the wrong link, so give me just a second. Clover, I'll put the link in the private chat over here. If that oh, works. Okay, that works. Perfect. Well, that'll work too if you've got it. Yeah, let's do it. Yep, there it is. So, even better. Let me copy this. Come in here. It comes and coming into the live chat, guys. There it is. Done. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, Clove, anything got you got coming up? Anything uh, besides like a podcast or anything uh, for this week? I know you and I are both being Tulsa this weekend for the Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show, the largest gun show in the world over. 4,000 tables, usually about 25,000 people. It's 11 acres of a gun show under one roof. If you've never been to Tulsa for the Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show, it's a bucket list thing we go every year. Uh, looking forward to that as well. My wife said the reason why that shot shows my favorite week is because it's my vacation. This is true. It's typically the only one of the very few times I'll have days off um, throughout the year. And I take I take that whole week off for a shot. And it is, it is a vacation. Maybe that's why I enjoy it so much. But, no, there's a lot of reasons why. But that is one of the reasons. But, yeah, aside from Wanamaker, you got anything else coming up for uh, podcasts and all that? Yeah, I dropped a, just dropped a video earlier on the channel taking a look at some uh, grips from a company called Zib Grips, um, which uh, they sell their stuff currently on Amazon, I believe, but a uh, fairly new company on the scene. Been playing around with some grips from them. Um and then tomorrow we've got uh, the, the actual the sponsors for this season on the CloverTech podcast. We've got Trailblazer Firearms in the house tomorrow. So that's going to be fun. Uh, go over to the channel page and click notify me on that if you don't want to miss that conversation. And then we've got MTM Case Guard in the house uh, Thursday for the podcast. So, uh, And then that will do it for this season of the CloverTech podcast. Probably won't have that going until... Uh, the next season until after SHOT Show. Uh, line out some contacts and some guests there and, and do it all over again. But, um, you know, go back and uh, check some of the past guests and stuff like that uh, if you have a chance. And uh, join us live tomorrow and Thursday if you get a chance. Awesome. Uh, thanks, as always, for joining us, Chloe, especially tonight. Uh, you did you did a, a lot of behind-the-scenes for me. I'm literally running this off the phone tonight. I don't know really. Still to this day, can't get my laptop to unfree so without restarting it and all of that who knows uh thank you everybody out there watching if you're watching this still live god bless you you're not getting your money back if you're watching it this deep on replay you've got some serious issues that you need to get fixed up in your head uh if you're listening to this in podcast form god bless you all god bless you all thank you guys for watching simplify happy birthday to my brothers and sisters out there Happy Veterans Day for everyone on Friday. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice to all the warriors out there. And I want to say something also that a lot of people forget. Thank you to all the veteran families because they go through a lot when uh, their husbands and wives are downrange or overseas or just in a training exercise. They go through a lot more than people realize. Uh, as far as me, 
check out the latest podcast, the Jarhead podcast on the channel. We had Boone Benton, former Marine and Benghazi hero, uh, and Sarah Adams. They were both there uh, during Benghazi. Just came out with a new book about what really happened in Benghazi. Some interesting stuff. Go check out the latest Jarhead podcast. As for me, I will be in Tulsa this weekend for the uh, Wanamaker. If you're wanting to kind of see the coverage of it, it's probably not going to be on YouTube until next week. Follow our Instagram and community tab on, on YouTube. You'll get a lot of pictures, a lot of reels and all that stuff. We'll put some pictures on the community tab. Instagram's probably where we're going to do a lot of our coverage for Wanamaker. So go check out the awesome stuff out there. So we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you guys again for watching. Simplify.